You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. Okay, so for those of you that have been here before, we'd like to welcome you back, and thank you always for being here, and for those of you that might be first-time listeners, welcome, and we hope that you'll chime back in and join us again. I am your host, your undeterred, disturbed, but never reserved host, Mr. Aaron Bass, and operating from his workstation, pulling all the levers, spinning all the dials, Pushing all the buttons, as always, everyone's favorite gesture of choice, the mad scientist himself, the master of productions at everything WMP, Mr. Chris Morgan. How are you doing, sir? If I was any better, it would be a crime. So I'm doing fantastic. What do you have in store for us today? Well, I think we should start off with a project that has been brought to all of our attention here recently uh, regarding a mask that. Uh, came out officially way back in the day and as a collector myself um, hearing its name bantered about here recently and about a possible uh, resurgence and being brought back to the limelight uh, to be able to uh, get my hands on again uh, I unfortunately have been able to find anything about when it comes to lineage and when it comes to you know uh history about this mask uh this one being a particular mask called the sam hain uh i have scoured uh popular websites among mask collectors on the internet and i have been a- unable to find anything uh regarding the sam hain which was kind of surprising to me because there were some of these uh, sites that are popular among mass collectors that used to offer uh, some information about masks that are out there, especially ones that are discontinued and no longer in production. And uh, unfortunately, I've been able to find nothing. So with the possible re-entry and resurgence of this one mask, namely entitled Sam Hain, I was hoping that you could shower us with some wisdom and... Uh, Bring us up to speed on how this mask came into the hobby. Uh, what was going on at the time? What you know? What were some other offers and entries in the mask community at the time when this uh, when this bad boy <laughs> oh, came to came to be? And uh, what can we expect in terms of its uh, possible reemergence into the mask community here sometime in the future? As Ross's mom from friends would say that's a lot of information (laughs) to get in 30 seconds so uh we'll take this in swaths (laughs) so um let's go back to your to your first question um you want to know about how how it started or like who did it like what are you wanting to know about that part and then we can move forward well let's sum it up like this what is the sam hain mask the Sam Hain is a. I gotta I gotta be careful how I say this because I'll get an angry message in my inbox about you know calling it this, but it was a take on the poster mask. See, I didn't use the other word, the c word, c o v e r. It was a take on the poster art 
of Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. And it was sculpted by John Smith in the year 2000, which is the year that the independent um, hobby really took off. And its predecessor, which was sculpted by Steve Wang, which is called the He-Mask, came out first. And that was kind of one of those things where it, it caught fire. It was popular, popular, popular. And then John Smith decided, Hey, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and I'm going to sculpt the mask that is on the cover. I'm sorry. I said the wrong word on the poster art of Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. And you know, when you go back into the year 2000, now everybody can say, well, there's been so many other more accurate sculpts and everything since then. And that would be an accurate statement. But when that sculpt slash mask came out in, in October of 2000 and how I know October of 2000, I got my number 10 copy in October of 2000. And, um, wow. I, yeah, so I was one of the first 10 to own one, and I remember my my balls bouncing off the floor just, wow, I could not believe. I was, I was ready to unload all over that thing. It, it was like mesmerizing seeing that thing in person because it was like literally at that time, there was nothing else to compare it to. Hopefully it you was shot to the side. What's that? I said, hopefully you shot to the side. Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. No, no goo on the mask, but it, it was literally the cover art. I'm sorry, the poster art coming to life in my very hands. And that is something that I'll, that I'll never, ever forget. I own that mask, that number 10 copy for 17 years. Um, and then I had to sell it and it's owned by, uh, another collector now, Nathan fresh. He still owns it. I said, if you're ever going to sell it and get rid of it, I'd like to have it back. So yeah, that's, that's how it started. And, and it was a ground up sculpt. So there was no clay press. There was no retooling. There was no Kirk lineage. I mean, it was literally ground up sculpted in wood clay. Wow. Okay. Now you said that it was a successor to the He-Mask. Just for anybody wondering out there, when you mentioned the He-Mask, could you give us a little bit of background or history about the He-Mask? Yeah, I don't want to confuse anybody. Samhain and he, they are in the He-Mask. They are two completely separate entities. They have no bearing of resemblance to each other two totally separate artists, two totally separate companies. I mean, the company that produced it was the same, but the artists who sculpted and casted them, different. So um, one was trying to be a pure H1 mask. The other one was trying to be a poster art mask. So two totally different looks, but the he mask came first. So what happened is, is in the mid to late nineties. And I know people have heard this story before they're going, Oh, I fucking heard this story before. I don't care. You know, I've got to give you some context. So going back into the mid to late nineties, you had the Sean Clark small, which was uh, a recasted small 75 Kirk. That was, that would fit on your fist. You've seen it in my old workshop. So yep. 
you know, that is basically what it was. Thing thing was barely uh basically unwearable even by your fist. So try getting that over your melon wasn't gonna happen. So, but that was the that was the measuring stick. Things were quiet for several years, and then the internet happened, the AOL days as I call them. And Westwood chat. What's that? Westwood chat. Welcome to Westwood. Well, there's that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the he mask came out in the year 2000, sculpted by Steve Wang. And for anybody that knows anything about Steve Wang, knows he is a world-renowned artist uh, on the Hollywood stage that sculpts a lot of special effects and uh, in the popular movies that you see today. So um, very well-connected and very capable he decided that he was going to take a take a crack at sculpting Michael Myers. And, um, you know, at the time, and I, I like to use that, you know, at the time, there was nothing else out there that was better. And it uh, was sold to Mass Maker Productions. They were working on them. And then after about six months, uh, Steve Wang decided that he didn't want to run partnership anymore. So he pulled the mold. And when he pulled the mold, well, Massmaker Productions was then left with, what do we do? That was our cash cow. We're now like, we got orders. We got this. We got that. We got to fulfill, blah, 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 blah. Along comes John Smith, who's friends with Paul Daniels. Uh, from Dark Side Studio, which is a very good friend of mine who actually owns the Samhain Master now, which we'll get to him in just a minute. But uh, Paul Daniels actually, from my recollection, uh, introduced John and Gary together, and Gary had kind of expressed what he was looking for, and that was the poster art from Halloween 4 and 5. And so John Smith took that upon himself and decided to give a crack at it. When he did that, obviously the, the he mask was was retired by that point, and the Sam Hain was born. And the Sam Hain, up until the warlock, was the most sought after, the most bought, top sales, you name it, of any Myers mask, even to this day. That's how many copies was sold in about a span of about five years. And quite frankly, uh, you have to keep this in perspective uh, as you know, in regards to the time frame and the technology available at the time for someone to look at. Because back in the days when the He Mask was birthed and then the Sam Hain, uh, there was there was not high definition in regards to someone being able to freeze frame things and uh, and and look at pictures like we do today i mean when you talk about screen accurate and what someone can use as reference today to you know to produce a mask you know those tools were not available back when the he mask was birthed and then when the sam hain was birthed so at the time when the he mask was birthed i mean yeah it was it was hot shit because it really was all that in terms of what people had available to look at at the time just like with the Sam Hain. I mean, it was, that's why your, you know, your balls hit the floor and, and you had to shoot to the side because from what you had to look at at the time, 
I mean, that it struck all the right chords. I mean, that was it. Yeah, it 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 was it. You know, it was it was the cat's meow. It was the bee's knees. It was everything. And if you're a Michael Myers fan, which we all are, um, it was literally like, like I said, that poster art coming to life in your very hands and the way Gary shaded them and, 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 and uh, took care of them. I mean, at the time, nobody was better than him at the time. And people can say whatever they want about his, his business practices as time went along, but you know what? I'm not here to talk about that. Um, He was always really, really good to me. I got nothing bad to say about him. If somebody out there has had a bad thing to say about him, I completely understand. I'm not here to get into that, but um, yeah, it, it, um, I do know um, that Gary was getting so busy with Sam Hain mask that he actually contacted Paul Daniels to um, he sent Paul the master and said, Hey, if I send you the master, I'll, give you X amount of dollars for um, all these bags of plaster. Can you, and latex, can you, um, can you mold and cast them up for me and just send them down and I'll detail them and hair them. And uh, that's the system that they had worked out. And then it got into where Paul was base painting them white for him. And then, cause Gary was so busy, then they would send them down to Gary and Gary would just, detail them and throw the hair on them and ship them out. So, you know, that's, that, I mean, that's how many, that's how many Sam Hain masks was, uh, was running rampant um, in the early two thousands. I was just about to say that lets you know just how many, you know, people were out there clamoring for their own, you know, for their own copy. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was absolute in, insanity. And, for those, if they didn't live through it, you missed a very, very golden era in mask collecting. Uh, you know, some of the coolest masks um, came out during the years of 2000 and 2005. And yeah, it's, yes, things have gotten better since and more accurate. But when you look back on like a golden era, it's like us looking back at 80s wrestling. You know, has some of it aged well? No, but at the same time, you look back with it as a fond memory. On 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 this uh, particular subject, has some of these masks have they aged well in terms of accuracy sakes? No, but if you go back to when that golden era was happening, it was magical, and it's something that you absolutely cannot explain to someone who just doesn't understand it. Yeah, no, from our perspective, more does not equal better because number one, if you weren't there to live through it, I mean, it's, it's hard to explain, but you really, you'll really never understand. And just like you mentioned, you know, the, the eighties wrestling, I mean, that was the, that was the golden gilded age of wrestling, you know, there'll never be a better time. Uh, I lived through the Attitude Era, you know, in the late 90s and early 2000s with The Rock and Stone Cold. And I mean, that was the only thing that ever came close to it. And I mean, it from my perspective, you know, it matched it in its own way. But still, there was 
it didn't quite capture the magic of what you know of what of what 80s wrestling was like back in the day because that's all you had you know you had nothing else to compare it to so you know it was it was the chords being struck for the very first time and you know uh i wasn't uh, i wasn't involved in the community at the time you know i wasn't involved in collecting i had it was going on and i had absolutely no idea that it was going on so you know for you to describe it as a fan you know uh, the very first time you get something in your hands and it just struck all the right chords with the poster art you know coming right out of the you know right right off the wall and into your hands i mean that i i can only imagine what that felt like but i know exactly what you mean Absolutely. Couldn't have put it any better. And and for everyone that was not in the hobby at the time, yeah, I mean it's it's something that you, you would have had to have lived through. If not, you just you just will never quite understand it. But maybe, I mean, maybe if you're getting into it at you know, getting into the hobby at the time when, you know, some of the more quote unquote screen accurate uh, you know, replicas are being offered and you get that, you know, that that first mask uh, in your hands, you unbox it and you, you know, you take it out and you look at it the very first time and it just, you know, it hits all those chords for you uh, that you imagined, uh, you know, being struck for you when you saw it in pictures or saw it in a video on YouTube, what have you. That's, that's basically what it was like, but, you know, basically what it was like, but no, not quite, you know, not quite what it was for those of us that were, you know, in the hobby when it was, uh, when it was first being birthed. I mean, when there was nothing else, I mean, nowadays it's like, if you go and you pick out a mask for the first time, you're picking out a mask. And if you are mask wise, you're picking it out from a available inventory that just is, you know, it, it's so expansive that, I mean, it's like, gosh, you're going to have to spend a month just deciding which one you want. Back in the day, there, there was nothing to choose from. It's like, this is it. And then to have something that comes out that strikes all the chords for you and literally makes the poster art come alive off the poster itself for you. I mean, that's just, there's no way to, uh, there's no way to relive that. Well, what's funny is, is, um, all the renditions that came after that in the, in the subsequent, subsequent years um, where people were trying to copy it and emulate it and trying to recreate it. And it's like, bud, there is only one Sam Hain. Come on, you know, and it's, it's already out now. Now you're playing second fiddle and you're playing catch up and, a lot of lot of failed attempts came out that were trying to capture that cover art look or poster art look. I keep saying that. You know, it's it's <laughs> so easy to to say that. So you mentioned uh, you know, uh second strikes or second swings, third swings and and other renditions. What you know, what what are those you're referencing? I mean, what came out after Sam Hain that was trying to emulate the magic uh, that had already come out and been, to, and, you know, and been there in front of us. Well, I'm in an, I mean this in no disrespect. I mean, uh, Tom Smith would be able to tell you first and foremost that he tried sculpting one to emulate it, which was uh, called the rage. And it had, um, it had looks. I mean, it, 
it's still on some uh, some popular independent mask websites. If you want to look them up, do so at your own accord. I'm not giving you the address, but in the gallery section, you know, they have a mask called the Rage, you know, by uh, Smith's Grove Sanitarium or Morningside Studios. I don't know how it's labeled, but it's called the Rage, and it looks a lot like the Sam Hain, but you know, there's some very big differences. Um, but he was trying to capture that look and Tom would be the first to admit he's like hey this is the best I could do but it's not Sam Hain you know and this was back in 2001 I want to say um but um then after that CGP their first mask um gosh I'm gonna sucks getting old I used to know this um mask like the back of my hand but when i'm thinking first, about it but now the first mask that they came out with was um a rendition or some sort of a copycat of the cover or the poster art look and i'm i'm looking it up while i'm um talking right now so that i can be educated on the mask i'm talking about so when people go back they're listening to this and they go back to look at it they can actually um be able to look at these and say, oh yeah, I can see what they were trying to do here. Let's see here. The damnation that, that was, that was their first attempt. You there? Yeah. Right here. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was called. I was the actually going to say the damned or. Yeah, the damned is their H six. Yeah, the damned is their H six, but the damnation was a was a an attempt at the at the H four poster art. Okay. Um, Then there was a couple more. I can't I can't remember them off the top of my head, but there was definitely a couple more. Then there was multiple mass makers that started um, recasting the Sam Hain. And then, then there was like production molds or copy molds sold off and people were getting those. And then before you know it, like all the other like Kirk replicas started coming out. And then Sam Hain was really just kind of faded out at that point. So do you know the actual year that like production ceased on the original Sam Hain? Um, I want to say it was around 2005. I, w- I was taking a, a break on the hobby um, at that point. Like Gary had moved on to doing the Death Stalker 75. And uh, he was also doing uh, the UL 75 and a couple of other masks. And he was just kind of burned out on doing them. And he sold one of his molds off to, to David Pope. It was just a production mold just for David to work on for a while. Uh, David Pope of Boogeyman Masks. Um, but he worked on those for a couple of years. Um, so I would say around two, it went from 2000 to about 2003. So, and it was running hard. So, I mean, that's a a three year run on a mask that everybody was buying. That's that's a pretty solid run when you look at it. Cause our our hobby isn't that big when you consider how many millions of people there there are in the world? Um, we only have about fifteen to twenty thousand 
of those millions and millions of people. So if you think about it over a course of a three-year period, you got a niche market, a niche audience that's buying niche products, and it has still has a three-year run. That's yeah. amazing. That's saying something. Yeah. So that should tell you how many people were probably buying that thing back then. So the hobby was probably even bigger back then. Or people were running across it on eBay and, oh my gosh, and because eBay was in its infant stages at that point. But uh, I remember, I remember at the time, now people see like thousand dollar masks and they don't think anything of it, you know. Uh, That's crazy. But, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm saying it's like, you know, you, you'll see like items up there and like people aren't surprised that there's a thousand dollar mask up there. People don't like it, but they but they're not surprised by it. Right. Back then you were seeing Sam Haynes going for anywhere from six hundred to a thousand dollars a piece. That was unheard of at the time, but it was a common for the Sam Haynes to go for that much. Because there was nothing else to match it. Exactly. Um, That definitely was the golden age of the collectors. Of the collector's time. If you weren't in it, unfortunately, all you can do is hear stories about it. Yep. Okay. Well, we've come full circle in hearing about lineage and history. Uh, what can you tell us about the possible future or reintroduction of the Sam Hain to the mass community? Well, before we do that, um, Paul Daniels and I, as I've talked about him, you know, he owns the original uh, 2000 master. Um, and he still owns it. Still owns it. Yeah. Still owns it. Um, back in 2014, January, 2014, when you and I first really met, um, I was working on a, a redoing a warlock for him and I redid the warlock, sent it back to him. He was really, really excited about it. Said it was really great work, really made me feel good because Paul's the master, at, you know, doing masks. He's been doing this longer, almost as long as I've been alive. So, um, you know, for, for someone that is my peer to say that really meant a lot. And he said, you know, I still have this Sam Hain master here. And I was like, you do, you know? And he was like, yeah. And he goes, if you ever want to do a run of them, let me know. We can work out a deal where you sell them and you just kind of cut me a little bit for the, for the master. I said, well, it's kind of like what I got going on with the classic 75 with, with Nikos. And he said, yeah. I said, okay, cool. Let's send it down to me. Let's see what we can do. And I did two copies and um, people weren't as excited about the Sam Haney at that point in 2014. And I thought that we could, we could at least get, you know, uh, a nice little run going just for nostalgia. And it just, man, it, it it was no fault of Paul's and definitely no fault of mine. It was just, you know, the change of the times people were looking for more accurate Kirk base masks and conversions and you name it. But I mean, it was, it was a popcorn fart. It, it just did not go anywhere. And 
when I got out of the business for a little while in uh, 2014, 2015, I sent the master back to Paul and I said, hey, we'll, we'll link up sometime down the road and see if we can't make another run at this. And I said, uh, what would be the odds that John Smith would be interested in ever letting someone retool this, either yourself or someone else? And he said, I'd have to talk to him. I'll, I'll, I will let you know if it ever comes to that. So I was like, okay. And I just let it go, sent him back to master and things stayed quiet until Mass Brothers Inc. came along, which, you know, you got the full story on that, you know, over the last couple of weeks. So, um, you know, Matt and I were talking about doing, you know, um, I can't say the other project because uh, that was the whole reason I got it. Um so I'm talking in code here because I can't say too much <laughs> about the other project, but the, but we were going to do a, a cover art mask and Matt said it would be really cool to see an updated version of the Sam Hain. And I said, yeah, I know I've, you know, I've wanted to do that too. And so Paul, believe it or not, Paul reached out um, in the summer and said, Hey, I'm looking at potentially, getting an H1 and H2 and one, one for my son. Um, and, you know, obviously the H1 is going to be for me. And I said, okay, yeah, no problem. And I said, uh, you're, you're okay with a little bit of a weight, aren't you? And he was like, well, yeah. He said, but actually my son, my son's birthday is coming up here in a couple of weeks. I'm sorry. I didn't reach out sooner. And I said, Hey, I can make the H2 happen if, (laughs) and he goes, if what? And I said, so do you remember when we talked about the Sam Hain a few years ago about retooling it, blah, 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 blah. I said, well, I have some ideas for it. You know, one thing led to another type thing. And I'm, and I'm paraphrasing a lot of stuff because I don't remember the exact verbiage used, but right. It was along those lines of, you know, I got a, I got something special laid out that I want to do for it. And again, that's that project I can't talk about right now. And he said, yeah, I'll box it up and ship it to you. And this is, this is what we need to do. Blah, 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 blah. And next thing I know, Sam Haynes on my doorstep and here we are five months later. With a new mask coming. 